Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast by Wales Online. Just a massive thank you to however you are listening to this podcast. Just a quick reminder, we do this podcast three times a week, but we're not always sure which day it's going to be on. So the only way to keep your finger on the pulse is to subscribe, get notifications. Why not drop us a cheeky review while you are there? Right, enough about that. Let's talk rugby. I'm Ben James and we've got a great podcast ahead of you today. It's the first podcast since the end of the World Cup and I suppose on that note we should touch on a few matters of business. First of all, a massive thank you to everyone who has listened to our podcast throughout the World Cup. Uh, I think they've exceeded expectations on our end and uh, we're really glad to see so many of you uh, enjoying it. Uh, It'd be remiss not to thank you all massively for that. Uh, on another note, we'd love to hear who you want us to interview next. We've had so many great guests throughout the World Cup, but we want more and we want you to, to choose uh, who who is the next person to be sitting at that microphone. So let us know either in reviews or you can let us know on Twitter uh, by tweeting me at BenJames1796 or the Wales Online account at Wales Rugby. As I said, it's a great podcast in front of us today. The World Cup may be over, but the Champions Cup is on the horizon. And it was the launch today in the Principality Stadium, all the Pro 14 and Guinness Premiership captains and coaches there, apart from one club, which we'll get on in a little bit. But we've got great interviews coming up, people like Adam Jones, Dan Lydia, Ellis Jenkins, Chris Boyd. But let's start with the big news of the week in rugby. Saracens have been docked 35 points and hit with a £5 million fine for breaking salary cap rules in the Gallagher's Premiership. They didn't turn up at the launch today, but thankfully, Chris Robshaw, Harlequins captain and former England captain did, and he had some strong words to say about it. And now it's one of those things which has been spoken about for a long time. Uh, amongst the players and the wider public, and everyone, as you look at their squad, and it's uh, a pretty big squad of international players. Um, and I don't think you have to be a genius to work some of these things out. Um, so yeah, look, it's, it's one of those things which has been, it looks like it's started to be dealt with, has it been finished, I don't know, uh, but hopefully it's going in the right direction and we can get back to a level playing field where we want to compete, because that's what the salary cap's about, isn't it? It's making sure that everyone has a chance, everyone has the same level um, and can compete and we have a competitive league. Chris, how frustrating is it that you have not been playing at a competitive playing field? It hasn't been a level playing field in the Premiership before. They are, they are the benchmark and they are right or wrongly for what they have done on or off the field they've set the standards with the players the way they play what they won uh, legally or illegally uh, and it, it's tough to compete against them you look at you look at everyone else battling to, to make salary caps to fit their squad into especially when there's injuries and all this stuff um, and it's very competitive it, it can be tough especially like I said when you have three or four injuries in one position uh, you might have an academy guy coming through to play who's never played before um, so again it's it's trying to make the game more fair and more even um, and that's the idea behind it yeah, so you can this is the thing like it's been established at the benchmark is yeah and, I, and I, as a player as a it's, 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 it's not great it's not great that a game that we love that is in the world eye the, the pinnacle of English rugby is illegal um, and I think it puts our sport in a very dangerous place it puts our sport in we're a sport that claimed to be whiter than white and we always look down on those at football and we look down on those at this and that and, and say how it is but we're 
be like everyone else. Almost like Chris, I suppose, like built in as a sports in a sense. You know, oh, look, there's a, you, you can call it whatever. They, they cross the line. Yeah, look, they, you can call it whatever. It's cheating uh, to a certain extent. It's it's not a good situation for our sport to be in. Whether it is them or whether it's someone else, it's it's not a thing we pride ourselves on. When you look at cheating in athletics, when you look at cheating in cycling, when you look at cheating in baseball or anything, uh, things. And for us as a sport, like I said, we like to think our sport is cleaner and greener than everyone else. But it's not. Anymore. It's not. Um, and we have to be realistic with that. We've got to take, as a sport, we've got to take the. Um, We've got to take the uh, the damage that comes with that now, and I'm sure it'll be like that for a while. I'm sure it's not going to be an easy thing for our sport to move forward. Um, you look at the higher the World Cup, of course, it didn't finish quite how we would have liked, but the higher that that brought the country, that excitement that that brought the country, um, and now we've got some yeah some damage control to do. So really interesting stuff there from Chris Robshaw. Okay, let's uh, let's get things onto a lighter note now. Um, let's kick off with Adam Jones. He's currently coaching at Harlequins, doing a great job there. And uh, we sat down with him to speak all things Welsh rugby and his coaching career. So, uh, Adam, it's a um, pretty eventful morning here, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's been an interesting day yesterday, I think, with the news coming out. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a funny one. Obviously, England winning the World Cup and... Uh, oh, sorry, winning the World Cup, losing the World Cup. And then, uh, you know, this coming over with Saracens and, you know, there's a lot of their players in the team. So, it's, uh, it'll be pretty hard for them in the moment. But, yeah, it's a strange one. You never... You usually think Welsh rugby's uh, a bit of a soap opera, you know, but it's, uh, certainly the Premiership's uh, getting up to that standard now. I was going to say, Welsh rugby's looking fairly sort of... Yeah, I know, I know. Right? Yeah, yeah, I know, it's just all good semi-final, uh, yeah, all everything hunky-dory, Gats leaving, like, it's like the end of EastEnders when they play that music, you know, the, uh, the sad music, but um, I think, yeah, I don't know, it's weird, it's, it's, weird. it's uh, like, it's hard, it, you don't know what's happened, so, and you don't know what's going to happen, and I know, I know some are, you know, but they're going to, you know, I guess they're going to appeal, so, you know, we never know what it could be, it's probably, it might not be as bad as your first thought, but... Do you sort of just not focus, like, the Premiership table, yeah? So they went from no, I know. Yeah, we got one closer to Europe, so we landed. But um, I think uh, not really. No, it's, it's hard. I think certainly the Quinns boys who uh, come, you know, will be there a long time, and they've built up that rivalry with the, with uh, the Saracens. I think uh, that's you know, if there's there'd be an element of like happiness around that, but you know, I guess a bit like if those the Ospreys and Scarlets got done or something, you know, you'd be, have a bit of that. Uh, you know, a little bit pleased with that, but no, I don't think it's. Uh, you know, you just got to get on with it. It's not like um, there's nothing you could do. You know, if, when everything is finalised and done, then then you can deal with it. And I just know it's going to make when everybody thousands this year it's going to be doubly hard now. So it's uh, they're just going to win. They're just going to hammer everyone. So it's uh, it probably hasn't quite worked out for the, the opposition have to play as, uh, as they'd like. And then uh, looking at Wales, obviously World Cup semi-final, gas is defined. What, what did you make of uh, the tournament in Japan? Oh, it looked amazing. Seen a few boys since and. Um, yeah, like apparently a great place to play, great place to um, you know culture different. Uh, it's not a rugby sit, not a rugby country as such. Uh, we we did well, I thought we did well. I think it showed how well we did. We got how we um, played against Africa, and then see how England played against Africa, and you know Evans. I, th- I know certainly in England it was a foregone cl- conclusion. You know they were going to beat South Africa. How they played New Zealand, and then as Gats as he's 
he is ever so often you know he made the prediction that he could have played their final in the semi and, and they did and uh, you know the comment Eddie Jones made just kind of bit them in the arse a bit so you know that uh, enjoy the, the fourth place playoff and um, yeah we yeah I thought other ways of standing you know it was, it was I was gutted when they lost the game you know uh, it's a weird one when you when I got like dropped you know there wasn't that sort of feeling but certainly the last three or three years it's been like I think having like your sort of best mate captain is so you know somewhere very close to as uh, as captain helps but like when we were in the Grand Slam you know it was just so emotional in the semi-final when we lost it was just so emotional that we lost almost going back to got rid of any bitterness to being dropped going back to being a fan so was, you know I was watching, watching the game in the hotel room just like my eyes just filling up because we'd lost I was just so sad it was just like like when we you know we always have a good run as a kid well very rarely when I was a kid we always had a good run but you know it was, uh, it was like well we you know it was just I've kind of gone full circle my uh, emotions have gone from like being dropped and being annoyed but to being like literally 100% behind the boys open when they were like oh, in tears when we lost so it's uh, I was you know mega proud of them how, how they played you know, putting up with all the injuries and you know you lose you know Faratau, Navidi you know these guys I know Toby didn't even to, to go in the tournament but we lost a lot of players and uh, to actually go that close to South Africa and uh, yeah and push them so hard it shows you know, what a good side they've uh, built and, uh, and obviously the scrum hadn't been talking there was so much talk about the scrum and what was going wrong with it and then in the tournament it didn't perform too badly I mean no. it, it went solid against South Africa and then you saw what happened to England seven days yeah I think yeah look, look I think with this, in the South Africa game it was uh, like, like they say South Africa a massive pack but we I'd imagine we'd have not been far off the same sort of weight front five wise against them you know I think you know Thomas Francis is a big man Al is a big man so probably you know any any nudges they did get out of us I would have probably didn't expect it because we, we our scrum's not bad on this you know Thomas Francis is a good player you know he scrums very well in the Premiership and um, but no the way they uh, I didn't see coming in the final I didn't see um, how South Africa the dominance South Africa how dominant they were over England in the final I didn't see it coming I thought they'd be um I thought, and like I know, I would say no, Kyle. Yeah, so, went, yeah, so he was Kyle. So Kyle, and, and the thing with Kyle is, he, he like he scrums a lot differently to um to Dan, and, and I don't know whether Dan was obviously like he's obviously thought he's going to go on against Kirchhoff. Probably hasn't paid a lot of attention to the beast and other beasts of scrum. So he's fifty minutes in, forty-five minutes in. Kirchhoff's going to come on, Cole's going to come on, and that's who he's going to have to scrum against. He knows Kirchhoff's going to walk outside him and he knows he can shear through but the beast scrums a totally different way and um, yeah I was, I, I, was, I was actually very surprised how the front row how dominant South Africa were How much of that comes down to England's second row selection because obviously I think it was was Laws packing down on uh, Sinclair and um, no no they'd, uh, it'd probably be a torchy over uh, yeah like, like so when Cruz came on Cruz would have got swapped to the tight outside but like obviously techniques you know, you know they would have it's hard work. Like, like the only international lock, so they all can scrimmage. Like the, the, the only international lock who I know can't scrimmage was Ian Evans. He's the only one I ever. He's the only one I ever was petrified going to test matches with. And Ian, Ian Evans was the one guy. But um, no, look, Kony was about eight or times in England. Maratoji was he hundred. 
Like sometimes the weight is good if your technique's shit. But if you've got someone power, two powerful kids like your Toji and uh, and Laws, then it's um, you know it's, it's a, you know it helps. That's that's another different type of scrimmaging as well. So um, no, I think I don't think the locks paid much. To, it was for me. It was just how how Cole went against him, like how he was. Uh, he just kind of uh, yeah sinks more suited to scrimmage against the beasts. We say a bit shorter, gets lower to the ground, doesn't give you the edge to get it, lift him up and uh, yeah, it's like, it's like victory all over. <laughs> I suppose we saw a lot of obviously Thomas Francis. We knew before the tournament was a good scrummager, but we probably saw a few Welsh players develop throughout the tournament. People like Dylan Lewis, yeah, their scrummaging came on really well. Win Jones emerged. Just yeah, yeah, I, just, I speak about him. He's brilliant. I, I love his love his story. Love um, love how he scrums. Love how he plays. Good player. Does look. He's a, he's a tough kid. You know, he's coming through with a different sort of system. He's you know, doesn't probably look like a like a um, modern looking prop. He's got still got a little bit of that old school um, belt about him, which is uh, you know never a bad thing in my eyes. But um, no, he, he was brilliant. I thought he was outstanding. Outstanding. He, uh, he showed that scrum up, you know, he's, and he scrums, for me, he scrums as part of a unit, rather than he's trying to do something himself, and uh, trying to make the, himself look good, or make, you know, something happen when it doesn't need to happen, so he's, you know, I thought he was brilliant, with Jones, outstanding. And um, obviously, there's new Wales coaches coming in, you've worked closely with two of them, obviously, um, let's, let's talk about Jonathan Humphreys first. What, what impact is he going to have? Um, well, I think that's that's the good thing about these new. Like, I think the big losses will be obviously Gats. Like, I don't know Pivak and I don't know Byron Ava that well, but Gats is going to be massive. Um, Pivak yeah. will bring in what he needs to do. Byron, Byron, uh, I don't know a lot about, so I, you know, Sean's pretty huge, but but as for the forwards and back, like, like obviously Robin's done a fantastic job. Rob Owley, you know, very, everyone's very critical. Of Probably even more so now. <laughs> but um, he. Uh, but John Humphreys, brilliant coach, brilliant. Technical, um, very knowledgeable. He's been doing it obviously for the top level now for where he came in 2005 with the Ospreys when he was straight out, straight out of rugby, so straight out playing. And uh, yeah, he's great. He was, he was, he took a time to get in, used to it, I think, but yeah, he's the best forwards coach I worked with. And uh, was, you know, he changed me as a scrummager. And uh, so I got a you know, great look, very, uh, you know, I, I also used to be a dick when I played against him, or he's when he was, uh, he was seeing captain. In wheels, and he was just like lying and killing the ball all the time. What's this guy doing? But um, he's uh, yeah, great bloke, very like way, way better personality than I thought. Good, good, funny fellow, and uh, yeah, so he'd be, he'd be brilliant. He'd be, and Steve Jones again, I, you know, I'm played, I played with him a lot, but as a coach, he's fantastic. So he's, uh, he's just Steve Jones just seems like one of these people who just put on the earth to make people happy. Yeah, oh, he's brilliant. Smiles. He's brilliant. He's going a bit grey, isn't he? I think, but he's uh, <laughs> and he's uh, no, he's brilliant. He's so he was like as a play so like enthusiastic infectious and uh, he yeah he'll uh, he'll do a great job obviously he know, knows a lot of the boys anyway so um, yeah they'd be good and how are you finding coaching oh, I love it yeah, it's brilliant um, we've been that's my probably my third year now really like my first two years playing I was kind of like I did a bit here and there and then this, my third year I was I just did the scrum because Graham Round was there as well so he said I could do the scrum last two years been so I'm doing a lot more now breakdown 
and uh, little bit of line outs. So it's, yeah, it's good. It's, are you, uh, trying to add some strings to my bow, you know? How are you finding the breakdown? Because I think uh, my colleague Andy Howe said that you never got to one on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I got to a lot. I didn't didn't know anything when I got there, but I got to a lot of them. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, never never actually did anything. Rock inspector. Rock inspector. I mean, I used to do that. Was, that was the one thing I used to do. That was, that's what Gats made me a good player. Scrum, line outs, and it rocks. Like, yeah. Me and Goff, people, I guess, just like, just not stay away from the ball, but like, you're there to hit rocks and know your role. And yeah, it was, uh, so no, when, yeah, when I was, uh, sorry, hit rocks, and that's the one thing I probably know to do, that and scrum. So uh, fortunately, uh, yeah, it's kind of fallen into my lap a bit. Do you ever see yourself going back to Wales to coach? Um, not at any time soon, really. No, it's uh, like I'm out of contract with the Quins now, so uh, hopefully I get something done there. But um, yeah, I love it up there. It's good. It's exciting up there. It's um, all change. You know, the boss come in, uh, get started, and you know, it's great working with him. Seeing it from like a, he's like no one I've ever worked with. You know, he's a fantastic. Um, you know, innovative thinker and uh, really thinks outside the box. But then works the boys hard. It's, everything's very you know specific to rugby you know it's not just like drills after drills after drills it's very you know more how I see it and uh, you know it's, it's trying to get I think it's with us now because we've got the Quinn's sort of mentality which is playing a lot of rugby and uh, play from your own line and all that type of stuff with us it's trying to get that balance now of you know when you kick you know you can kick you know it's um, see South Africa see thousands they kick the ball and they win so it's like uh, you know they've, uh, that's the model so but with the still sort of that tradition Quinn's way that's what you want to get yeah? um, so my final word on um, we've mentioned a little bit uh, Warren Gatland and you mentioned Alan Wynne Jones as well he's been a great servant um, let's touch on Alan Wynne first you see him how far do you see him going along now two, two more years maybe a Lions tour oh no with him yeah 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 100% he'd want to get he'll see like knowing Al he'll see 2009 as not as a frustrating one even though he's played in nine test matches he still see the fact that he started the first test and then Simon Shaw came in for the last two he still sees that as a uh, something he'll need to see right so it would not surprise me if he wants to get an alliance to it it would not surprise me if he's captain he'll um, he's you know the way he looks after himself he's got a good balance now he's not you know he's not just you know mentally he's not just rugby 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 now it's like he's got obviously uh, two little girls and uh, they were certainly um, brought him back down a bit not back down but like level him out a bit and uh, it gives him a uh, different perspective so he's not not as intense as he used to be <laughs> which you know, I, which I love him for but um, yeah he'll uh, I, I would be surprised if he carry on as, as long as he can go like my only issue if he gives the Lions and finish my only thing with him is, is I don't want to see him he's so he's so like at the top of his game now and has been for the last 18 months as a captain as a player I do I do, wouldn't want to see him go out like a boxer you know who has one fight too many and you know it's just like you know someone like who keeps on trying to I don't know like Roy Jones Jr one of the best boxers ever but he has one fight too many you know it's one of those type of things so I hope that doesn't happen which I don't think it will because he's uh, he's intelligent and he's, he realise when time is time and Anwen and and his wife will tell him time is time as well so uh, so um, no he's been he's brilliant he's uh, you know, best Welsh player ever so yeah. oh yeah, yeah I think he made it to Andy Howes uh, Warren Gatland uh, team well I, I'd imagine he would yeah to be fair he should he should anyway, but 
Yeah. So did you? Well, I don't know. I suppose that. Um, Thank you. The two selections you didn't get criticised on Twitter and uh, Facebook. <laughs> well, yeah, probably, yeah. Or oh, the warm up when I saw that. I mean, my, my mate said this one. It was, uh, yeah. But no, he's, he's brilliant, but he's the best player we've had. You know, certainly, I know we always have the 70s guys who say uh, Gareth Edwards and he's a bit fitless, but uh, no, professionally, I'll, I'll be you know, country mile. You know, but um, yeah, so he's hopefully hopefully uh, go as long as he can go and go out when he, need, when he feels right and and I think he will and then Gats probably the greatest oh. coach we've ever had as well of course yeah sure. we, uh, you know Graham Henry had that little year you know uh, that 10 game winning streak which which is which always, which always fascinates me because they had that 10 game winning streak but they didn't actually win anything do you know what I mean yeah. but they still think of that team as like some sort of uh, they beat the shocking England team in Twickenham but a shocking England backline in Twickenham and they didn't win anything but they beat England by a point in the last minute of the game so I never quite get the whole I know they went 10 games they got a good series in Argentina but it was a good side good players but I never quite get the uh, I think it always frustrated me a bit I, think. I don't know why I don't know why I was a player it was a, yeah, just, well, they didn't win anything literally didn't win anything but anyway yeah so um, no me but he's changed changed the course of rugby and wheels I think for, uh, which is uh, fantastic and um, he's he came in he was the type of guy who came in him, to be famous Sean Sean Edwards is a massive part of it as well the guys came in so, said this is what we're doing so we're going to work if you do this we'll get better and we'll do well and I don't know after 12 years or whatever 11 years he's here if he thought um, he was going to quite come out like that but uh, oh, he's been he's been unreal you know so I'm uh, I think I got about two years ago I got over the um, bitterness to a person dropping me but uh, I'm on the Christmas card list yeah so he's like I mean, he's, he did so much for me as well so it's like I, you know he, he simple as you said ruck, he did ruck, so I was like, that was he simplified everything down for me and um, yeah and look I went on two lines towards him won three championships two grand slams with him and he you know changed my uh, changed my life really so he's uh He's the biggest, like, biggest influence right on my career, you know, along with parents and uh, family and stuff. But um, rugby-wise, certainly him and uh, well, and John Humphries actually is, which has a favourite habit. But no, I mean, he's been brilliant and massive shoes to fill. Massive shoes to fill. Always interesting to hear from Adam. Next up, we sat down with Northampton Saints coach Chris Boyd and captain Alex Waller to talk about a certain damn bigger. Quite a busy day here today, isn't it? Yeah. Seems to be. Um, it's obviously been a great start for you personally as season. How are you finding things going so far? Uh, well, we're certainly happy with the results. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're sort of coming into our game. The, the tricky thing now is we've got uh, nine guys to reintegrate uh, from World Cup and. and uh, they haven't played for us before, so making sure we can keep momentum and reintroduce those guys in is going to be um, it's going to be interesting. One of those guys, obviously, is Dan uh, Bigger. He's going back from uh, World Cup. First of all, what did you make of his performances over in uh, Japan? Yeah, I thought he played pretty well, actually. 
um, you know, he's been a key part of the Welsh team for a period of time. Uh, obviously, a great competitor, and what he does well, he's probably the best in the world at. And, uh, certainly, looking forward to having him back from an organisation point of view. But that's a that's an interesting, it's an interesting situation because young know, Paul Grayson's done a good, decent job for us, and so uh, what that allows us to do is to gives us confidence that you know we'll we'll find a way to give Dan you know a couple of weeks off between now and when he's got to play Six Nations if in fact he gets chosen to play for Wales in the Six Nations under a new regime so we'll give him plenty of opportunity to regenerate refresh I was going to say Dan's got a bit of a fight on his hand getting the jersey back but that probably suits Dan isn't it the character he is yeah well certainly if you if you wanted to have a battle with somebody you'd want him on your side because he's a fierce competitor and he's not going to lay down and give that jersey to, to anybody and it'll be interesting to see the way the new regime decide they want to play the game and obviously uh, you know the 10 is often a, a fairly big influencer in, the, in your in your structure and your organisation so it'll be fascinating to see how in fact you know Wales and Ireland both have uh, new coaching structures after long term regimes and so philosophically the way they change their game will be interesting to see how it evolves. He is, he is a player who's probably often maligned in this country, rightly or wrongly, for how he plays the game. Um, but then if you look at how you're playing the game at the minute with you know, the forwards of ball handling, that's probably something that Wayne Pivak is going to want to do. Dan Big has probably still got plenty to offer Wales, hasn't he? Oh, massively. Um, the, the thing the thing that I, that I think is underestimated about Dan is his kicking game is, is outstanding. Um, his defensive game is outstanding. I mean, if you're looking to close a game out, he's an absolutely perfect guy. But I think uh, in those last couple of games for Wales, it showed that I think he's developing his passing game nicely as well. Um, he's never going to be a guy that you know really plays hard at the line and has got great feet. And you know, it's just it's, he's just a different different beast. And uh, you know, he, he, he adds a lot to us, and I think he can add a lot to to any environment. The way Wayne Pivak likes to play, he likes a, he likes a ten who can be a running threat, that sort of someone who can challenge the line, and then it forces the other fourteen players to maybe play first receiver. Is that something that Dan's capable of? Oh, he's probably, probably helps more at Northampton when yeah. you've gone forward, so you can give tip on that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's interesting because at the end of the day, sometimes you've got to play slightly differently than you personally believe is the is is the game that you like because you have players that offer you different strengths so Dan can Dan can adapt and you know I think one of the things that's been good for him and for me we had our first discussion when I met him 12 months ago and you know he's probably at one end of the spectrum while I'm looking at the other end but but, you know if we work hard we're we're good for each other and respect you know he can he can teach me some tricks and hopefully we can we can help him as well but I certainly would back him. How do you find Dan as a, as a teammate? Oh, he's a great bloke to have in the squad on and off the pitch. I think uh, his reputation speaks for himself and, and he commands the boys well on the pitch and makes one job real easy in terms of uh, driving the boys and how we want to play. So um, no, he's a great influence. I look forward to having him back. What's he sort of like down the scenes? Is he a joker? Is he, uh, is, he, is he more softly spoken than he probably is on the pitch? <laughs> I think everyone's a bit more softly spoken on off the pitch than they 
now on it, but um, but yeah, Dan Dan's uh, integrated real well in, into our squad. Uh, he hangs around with, with just about anyone from. Uh, there's there's a weird bromance with him and uh, our tight Aaron Painter, um, young boy going on. So he, there's no uh, there's no one he won't hang out with, and, and he gets on with all the boys and all the coaches as well. So he's, uh, I'm looking forward to having him back, and uh, and he takes some stick as well, which is good. So uh, he's well, in England. So. <laughs> one of one of the unknowns. He's actually a very good baker. There we go. You know, so he he, uh, he often turns up with a a nice fresh basket of scones or muffins or slicing. But he's a very good baker. And that's that's why they tell you to like him, is it? But, there you go. There. I think you've discovered the bromance right there. I don't know what you're implying there, but that's fine. <laughs> so he's a nightmare for your for your fitness and strength and conditioning coaches, is it? In terms of no, no, no. He's a good man. Everything in moderation is all right. sure Dan Big is going to be overly thrilled with that bacon revelation coming out. There's always time for next year's Bake Off. Next up, we have Bath Rugby coach Stuart Hooper and first of all, Locke Charlie Yules. So it's fair Welsh contingent at the, uh, at the club. So what, what's uh, for Jamie, Priestland, uh, Alan, Toby, Toby, yeah, yeah. Uh, Luke Charteris, the coaching team. Yeah. Um, what are they like being around the dressing room? Yeah, terrible, terrible blokes. <laughs> no, they're, they're quality. Um, all the guys you mentioned there, we're lucky to have, we're lucky to have them coming and playing for us. And they're all experienced guys. Like you say, they've all been there and done it um, from a club point of view, but also particularly with Wales. You got um, so Jamie's done World Cup semi-finals, Grand Slams. Luke's done the same. Reese has done the same. Toby's been there. He's got sixty whatever caps. He's obviously been unfortunate injury, missed out on World Cup. But you know they're guys, and it's sometimes you know in a, in a predominantly English club, you can obviously get tied down in your ways. And some it's, it's brilliant to then have you know, other people that've been in other environments. Okay, well, how do the Welsh do it? You know, how do the England camp do it? You know, you've been at this club, Jamie. You've played in France. Luke, you've played in France. What did you learn from all of those things? And actually bring that, bring the best bits back to us. Um, I was going to say, because personality-wise, you know, it's probably all quite different. You've got Reese, who yeah, sort of escaped the Welsh goldfish bowl a bit. Uh, Toby's quite quiet. Yeah. Jamie's Jamie. a renaissance man, isn't he? Yeah. Doctor, yeah. guitar, player, you know, what, what is an it? Yeah, um, yeah, they are, but I think like you find that across rugby. You know, you get so many different personalities, and that's what makes it so enjoyable. Uh, like you say, you got yeah, some quiet lads in there, some louder boys, some clever ones, some not so clever ones. Um, so no, yeah, it's, yeah, it's all good fun. Any particular funny stories you can sort of remember about uh, Jamie or Reese no, in a word, yeah, no. <laughs> Jamie doesn't do much. Jamie just likes to tell you about his. Well, his no. Jamie's only actually a fifty percent doctor, so don't let, don't let himself call himself a doctor. Um, no, uh, Reese. Uh, Reese is a, like, a brilliant player, like say Toby. Toby's a quiet lad. He just natural rugby ability. Um, he just wants to play. That's what he wants to do. That's why he, like, you know, it's, it's been it's been hard to see him. Obviously, struggling with injuries recently, and what it does to him. So what he wants to do is go out and, and play rugby. Um, who else is there? Brewery's been Brewery's been brilliant since he came over. Again, just someone who's sort of been around and played in France, played in Wales, done it. And a real physical physical player. Uh, he's been good for the younger wingers as well. Show them a different side of the game. And then Charts has been brilliant, stepping up into coaching. How is, how is he finding? Yeah, no, yeah, he's loving it, and he's been, he's been great. 
great. Obviously, someone that I I work with quite a bit from a line-out point of view, um, and you know, as a player, I learned a massive amount off of him. And then he's put, like, he's just carried his personality into coaching. He's well respected within the group. Um, he's been there. He's done it. Uh, he knows what he wants, and he, he lets the guys know, he lets the guys know that, and he delivers it in his way. Any more plans to get any more Welsh boys in the in the dressing room? Or you got enough as it is? Too many. Too many. No. Um, <laughs> Not currently, um, but yeah, we you know the the market is something that we're always looking at, and um, if some of the guys that are in the right positions at the right uh, time at the right price are Welsh, then we definitely look at them. I suppose when you when you're getting the World Cup finals and they're only getting the semi-finals, it makes it a lot easier for the for the dressing room banner, doesn't it? The dressing room banner, yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> So as I said before, it wasn't just the English Premiership clubs who were there. There were also Welsh representation. Ellis Jenkins was there for the Cardiff Blues. But first of all, let's hear from Dan Lydia, Osprey's captain for the time being, to talk a little bit about their start of the season and his life in farming. Yeah, I, I haven't been to one of these before, to be honest, but um, there's a lot of excitement about the place and um, see the calibre of coaches and players. It's um, no, it's, uh, it's good to be a part of. Looks, looks like you're getting a good lunch as well. Yeah, they always put a good spread on, you know, the principality, so, um, you know, it'd be rude not to. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a tough time, isn't it, the Ospreys at the minute, a tough start of the season, you'll be playing second row. Uh, how are you find this sort of getting through that? Yeah, it is tough. Um, obviously, with the boys being away with the World Cup, and um, we've had quite a few injuries, we don't obviously want to uh, blame... Um, uh, lack of points on on the injuries, but it has had a, a major factor on uh, on selection and, and and who's available and who who's not. Um, but yeah, we, we are disappointed. We always knew it was going to be a tough start to the season with the with the, the games away and stuff. But um, we're disappointed that we feel like we could have picked up points here and there. And um, especially on the on the weekend, we we're very disappointed with the loss to uh, Connacht. But um, you know, we just got to make sure we um, we. We get it right this weekend. And also, you've been you've been in a Wales team like that in 2015. Now, how does it feel when you do look around and people are just dropping like flies because you know, it was it the game where just so many like so, had so many injuries out here. It's just ridiculous at times. Yeah, and like. Um you talk about uh, strength and depth and 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 and, and then, uh, you know recruitment and stuff but you know you can't um, you can't um, account for how when we get sort of catastrophic injuries um, and you feel for the boys that have um, have had them injuries obviously yeah. Keelan Giles having a, you know a bad um, a bad knee Corey Allen bad knee James King's shoulder Dan Evans who hasn't really missed a game for us uh, you know hurt his shoulder and obviously a big signing of Gareth Anscombe um, for us uh, for, for, for this season and in the pre-season he's, uh, he's done his knee so um, yeah they have been big injuries and, and to key players as well so yeah me and Affin to shift into the row I'm, I'm no second row but it sort of needs must because we haven't had um, many other options to be honest How have you been finding it in the second row? Uh... Yeah I haven't really been enjoying it um, it, it makes me appreciate what the, the boys in the boiler house too especially when you're getting up from scrums and you feel like you've done 300 squats but um, yeah like I say it, it sort of um, needs must but uh, you know it's, it's lucky that we um, we got a Marvin uh, come over from uh, the Lions uh, uh, last week so I could slip back into play number six so um, it was uh, felt 
a lot fresher on the weekend uh, to what I have done in the previous weeks. Uh, yeah, I was, I was just obviously, I was just summer because you had a summer off, probably didn't want the summer off, did you, in terms of uh, Wales training camp, I imagine, spent a fair bit of it back in mid-Wales on the farm? Yeah, we've, um, to be honest, I had a good pre-season with the Ospreys, um, we had um, you know, a good um, camp away in Portugal as well, um, um, yeah, I had uh, some good um, time downtime in, in the summer where I got a chance to go back to my parents' farm, um, but yeah, I feel like I've had a good pre-season feel and uh, you know, good uh, physical state, um, and I, you know, looking forward to, into the season. Obviously, from a, from an off race point of view, it, you know, it, it hasn't been the best of starts. But um, from a personal point of view, I'm in, I'm enjoying um, you know getting full shifts every week. How often do you get back home together? Uh, not a lot, to be honest. Uh, you know, probably every couple of weeks, um, um, just because obviously the training schedule, family life. Um, you got to try and prioritise things. You know, farming for me is a hobby, um, but it's something that's oh, I've always been interested in. Something I'll go back to when I when I hang up my boots. But um, no, I, uh, this is what I enjoy. So Suffolk Hill Ground, we, we, we got we got a fifth wing up there as well. It's, it's, uh... Yeah, it's uh, it, once I um, it's it's no Principality Stadium. The, the grass up there, you know, it, it is it is a tough way of um, making a living, and unless you're passionate about it you, you wouldn't really do it but um, I saw what I've always been brought up um, with and uh, yeah like I say it's more for me but it's what I probably I want to go back into after uh, into after when I finish playing but um, yeah it's just uh, it's just a different way of life but I suppose chop tackling rugby players is nice and easy when you you think about those those nights up on, on the hills early mornings during lambing on the Radnager hills yeah well um, it's funny you say that like um uh, you know, text my brother and say, "What have you been up to today?" And I say, "Oh yeah, we've done like triple day today and a lot of contact." What have you been doing? He say, "Oh, I've been uh, uh, moving ten ton of stone by hand." <laughs> I was like, "Ah oh, well, your day sounds a bit tougher than mine." So. Uh, yeah, it's just um, makes you realise uh, um, how you know how privileged we are to do the job we do. How do you find it being a being a, a Randisher boy down to this end of the country? Because um, I get a fair few jobs being from the same area, you know, being down in Cardiff. I, I get a favourite stick. Um, yeah, well, to be honest with you, I I am lived in Mid Wales since I was nineteen, but like uh, you know, that's what I'd class as home. Um, you know, my my close friends are still up there and. Um, you know, if I if I get a couple of days off, I like to go back, get a bit of home cooking from my mum. That's never too good for the the, the waistline. But um, no, it, it is um, it is a completely de- uh, different way of life up there, and you are quite isolated. There's no there's no easy way to get to um, to the major cities from there um, with the the road structure and whatnot. But in the same hand, if you want to get away from everything, it's the perfect place. So. When I, when I when I get a chance to go up there, it's, it's nice to actually switch off, you know, drive round the field on a quad, see my cattle, and feed a few few sheep. Um, I don't know, it's just sort of my happy place. Um, but you know, obviously, if you're doing it day in day out, it's like uh, any other job. So um, yeah, it's, I, I think it's nice to have a bit of a balance. What sort of cattle have you uh, you got? Uh, I've got pedigree Welsh blacks. So um, yeah, I've only recently had them, so sort of coming up two years now uh, so I'm just trying to grow my uh, like pedigree herd
good and um, yeah it's, it's just a, well it's, it's a hobby at the minute but you know I text um, my mum every day and she lets send me a picture or um, she, you know she, she's a stockman on the farm she goes around and checks checks them for me gives me an update on how they're doing and they're needing anything or whatnot. so um, yeah it's, um, it's just something different Do you get much of a look at the, the farms out when you're out in France because obviously it's, it's something else there isn't it yeah no it's just um, um, we went up to um, it's funny obviously here today with, uh, with uh, Johnny Sexton and we all went to a trip to Normandy once and we stayed in a massive chateau up there like barn conversion thing and uh, we, we went round like Normandy and stuff like that um, as families and um, no it's, it's, it reminds me sort of similar to what home is a quieter life and stuff so um, no it was um, yeah it's, it's different in France everything's done on a bit bigger scale but um, yeah didn't bring any cattle back with you, didn't No, no. No, I don't think they deliver on the Welsh Hills, to be honest, without chucking feed at them. So we need something that's just going to survive on the roughest grass going. It's a lot of black Welsh mountains. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Great stuff from down there. Coming from Radnish and myself, I would take tackling 20 stone forwards any day of the week over being on a hill in mid-Wales during lambing season. Okay, let's finish the podcast with Ellis Jenkins. Obviously, regular listeners will know that we spoke to Ellis very recently with a live podcast in the Arms Park. That's something that hopefully we'll do again in the future. But we did manage to squeeze a few more drops out of Ellis in this latest pod. Okay, so uh, Ellis, not long since you were last on the podcast. And um, I suppose the only thing that's changed really is the Wales throughout the World Cup. Uh, we didn't get our predictions right that night, did we? No, we didn't, unfortunately. Uh, I think it was a... It was a great tournament from Wales, um, and probably uh, you know just a little, little bit too far. Really, the boys looked, um, especially in the, in the third, fourth playoff game, looked a bit battered. Obviously, lot, quite a few players missing as well um, with injuries picked up during the tournament. But I think South Africa's performance in the final showed how, how well we did against them. Um, and yeah, you know, in top competitions like that, there's, there's not a lot between the top top few teams, and it's, it's small margins. I think really. That semi-final and that final, Peter Stefan's point really sort of stepped it up again, didn't he? We, we missed Josh Navidi in the semi-final dealing with that. Yeah, massively. I think it was obvious when Josh went off against France how much we missed him. Um, the just the um, in the breakdown in attack and defence, um, just little unseen things that that someone like Josh um, is is brilliant at. Um, and then in the, in the semi-final, then it probably became a, bit, a little bit more more apparent. Uh, and he's He's a quality player. I think he was. He's probably one of, if not the best player for Wales during uh, during the World Cup and and Six Nations. So uh, yeah, he's a, he's a big loss for us. What's it like dealing with a player like Dutois? It's like just a one man cow rocking machine. You know, what's, what's it like when you're sort of dealing with someone like that? He's a bit of an exception. He's he's a very against um, uh, Peter a lot. Um, he's, he's a big boy, but he can move as well. Um, and he can also. He's he's got a pretty good. Uh, rugby, rugby skill set as well so he's, he's pretty well stocked in, in most areas and he's a he's a very very good player and it, it's tough um, because he's a he's a big boy you've got, you got to hit him hard you got to tackle him hard and you got to so if he, if he gets older as well it, uh, he, he's, he's fairly strong 
um, yeah, it's just he, he showed what a what a player he, he, he is during the during the World Cup, and he, he totally deserves the uh, the award as well. I think. And obviously, yourself, you're on the comeback trail. Um, it's the start of a new World Cup cycle. Um, does that bring with itself an excitement, or just you know, it's a new set of goals? And as you're coming back, it's a, it's a new sort of era. Yeah, I am really thought about that. Yeah, to be honest, I'm just sort of um, for me personally, just sort of worried, um, focusing on getting back. Um, on the pitch and getting back playing, and then you know, trying to trying to play at the, the best possible standard that, that I can. And um, you know, it's, it, it could it might might take me a while to get back to back to where I want to be. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it, it, it takes as long as it takes, really. How have you found sort of the, the months away? Obviously the rehab and all that. But what have you been up to, sort of, with your time away from rugby? I saw that you and Sophie are trying to learn guitar, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just, Trying to try, been trying to learn guitar for years and sort of been saying I'm going to try and learn but never never quite got around to it so been giving it a go um, still not going not to sell any tickets to a concert I'll be honest but uh, yeah it's, it's been tough but it's, I'm not going to lie it's, it's been really tough um, so trying to get through the rehab it's not not a straight line it's you know you have a couple of good days a couple of good weeks and then all of a sudden a little bit of a setback or you know the knee swells up or gets sore and you're not you can't really put your finger on why um, and so going even going through that at the moment we just sort of start start running feels really good have a couple of good days running and then you know try and run again another day and it's really sore or feels swollen and uh, it's just just part of the injury unfortunately is obviously your, your knees take a lot of uh, a lot of pressure when you're when you're trying to play professional rugby and got to just get my training volume up and uh, you know, get towards getting back training with the team uh, just being sort of running with the physios at the moment trying to in a straight line trying to work on changing direction and sort of ticking all the boxes before I get back on the pitch again what are you like sort of watching rugby obviously there's been a lot of rugby going on during that time you're off do you sort of are you a bad watcher of it or, or what does that sort of provide you with the motivation to get back seeing what Cardiff Blues and Wales doing on the pitch yeah um, I find it very frustrating watching um, you know, it's easy when you watch you can see the, you can see what's going on you can see the gaps you can see how other teams are playing and how you should be playing against it and um, I, I find, find it very very frustrating watching uh, watching the games and always you know so you, you want you want to be out there um, trying to sort of especially with a couple of the younger boys coming through in the back row trying to sort of uh, watch their games quite closely and sit down with them and um, go through what they can improve on and what's going well and how, how they can evolve their game um, so that's been been a little bit different for me but it's, it's been uh, uh, just trying to, trying to help out where I can really Obviously uh, you're not going to sell out any concerts you say yourself otherwise. did you have a part on the, the last album with Sophie you surely did on the guitar um, and you did the podcast with us recently managed to get a word in with Simon and Andy which it takes some doing trust me um, do you ever sort of consider uh, what life after rugby holds something in the media maybe or? Uh, I haven't really thought too much about it to be honest I've sort of doing a, doing a couple of courses um, almost ticking boxes uh, trying to find something you do want to do but sometimes ticking boxes 
boxes that you don't want to do as well. So um, the WRPA have started a really good sort of, uh, personal development program with us. We've got some. We've got Phil Davis in with us uh, as a as a PDM, uh, sort of offering courses with uh, Cardiff and Vale College, and um, sort of trying try to get involved with as, many, as much of that as possible. Really, um, bought into a sort of invest into a window company as well, which is uh, which is going quite well. Um, so I've had a bit of a renovation done in my house and uh, got chatting to the, the boys who did all the sort of windows and doors and uh, just you know, while, while I'm injured got, got a bit of spare time so uh, got involved with that and it's been, it's been good so uh, a couple of boys have had some some uh, windows doors and see his office which is it's is been nice for us and, and for them uh, but yeah just st- still really trying to um, try to find out what I want to do when I'm older not interested in the coffee business I want to step on the <laughs> I don't know. Enough, I don't know enough about it. Um, I can, you know, I can't really tell the difference between a good cup of coffee and a bad cup of coffee. So when they talk to me about the different different grinds and uh, different accents that are coming out, I think they're talking nonsense. But yeah, not uh, not for me. <laughs>